Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond, post-game against the Washington Wizards. Now, I didn't do a post-game for the Boston Celtics game, but I will comment on it. Folks, the light turned out. The lights turned out. (laughs) From my heart, from the Toronto Raptors offense, Um, This was night-night early for the Toronto Raptors in Boston. It was painful. Gary Trent Jr. had a lineup. Um, Scotty Barnes was not himself. He was trying all kinds of things he really shouldn't have been. It was painful to watch. And I, I said that a lot last year. Raps just didn't have it. And sometimes you don't. And it sucks when it's against Boston. Because if there's one team we hate losing to, well, one team I hate the Raptors losing to, it's Boston. Now, they're damn good. Don't get me wrong. And they had, especially in that third quarter, they had incredible offense. And they showed why their shooting uh, as a team is one of the best in the league. But when you've got guys like uh, Sam Hauser, when you've got Luke Cornett and Peyton Pritchard getting buckets, being effective, um, you know, Al Horford coming off the bench and and looking like a a 28-year-old Al Horford, it's going to be a long night. Now... There, there are some eye-popping plus-minuses in this game. Not only did three of the bench players who did not play in garbage time uh, have, you know, plus double digits. Al Horford plus 11, Peyton Pritchard plus 14. Um, also, if the NBA were ever to do an eight-mile, is Peyton Pritchard... Is he number one as B-Rabbit? Just a question. Um, I'm just putting that out there. But plus 14 coming off your bench, that's that's a, that pops, right? Sam Hauser, four for six from downtown, 12 points and 18 minutes off your bench. That pops. But the Celtics also had two guys, Derek White, and Drew Holiday, who were plus 20, plus 22, um, which is a you know pretty positive stat. If, if you're just looking at that column and you see that, you're like, yeah, Boston probably won handily. But then Jason Tatum, who was only three for nine from downtown, only four or six from, beat, from the free throw line, 
27 points. I mean, pretty typical Tatum numbers. He probably wants another three back. Probably like to be perfect from the line. Jason Tatum was a plus 42. And I realize I'm just, you know, giving you raw stats and not talking about the game. But this gives you a picture, right? It gives you a window into what this game was about. It was really bizarre. It had like Twilight Zone quite, you know, type feels to it. When you see O'Shea Brissett, former Raptor, former, you know, not a former Canadian, (laughs) former Raptor and a Canadian, my apologies. Um, This guy was in a Celtics jersey. Now, my guy is not getting his citizenship revoked. But it, it just felt bizarre to see that. It really did. It messed me up to see that. And then Rexdale's own Delano Banton, who we drafted, first Canadian ever drafted by the Raptors. My guy comes off the bench. I don't know how Zaya felt about this. Uh, we talked briefly about it. He had words. But, man, that is tough to see a Rexdale guy come off the bench and be wearing white and green. Oof, I don't know. I don't. That's tough. Um, no one really played well for the Raptors. Um, Garrett Temple and Thad Young, who both came in at the end of the game, basically our player coaches were the only plus in the plus minus, I believe. No, Jalen McDaniels, who finally got some minutes in garbage time, also played. And he was a plus two. The other two guys were a plus six. Nobody else. Everybody else was a minus for the Raps, including OG, who was a minus 26, and Scotty Barnes, who was a minus 28. Scotty Barnes, he, he really was bad. His worst game as a Toronto Raptor. And I, I don't just mean that from a statistical standpoint because he didn't he wasn't great that way either. He was two for nine from downtown, four for fifteen from the field. I mean, why are you shooting nine threes is is a good question to start things off. But he looked scattered. Um he he looked confused and, and out of place. Like he looked like a G leaguer. Like what Delano looked like in his first year. That's what Scotty Barnes looked like. Like Scotty Barnes as a rookie didn't look as bad as Scotty did in Boston. It was bad. So again, I said the lights were out. Right? The lights were out. And it was hard to see. Almost impossible to see when those when the darkness came over the Raptors in Boston. But you got to be able to see through the darkness at times, right? You know, when you're, you close your eyes and your eyes adjust and you, you can, you know, see a bit more and you, maybe you close your eyes a little longer and you do it, you know, you open your eyes up again and you, and you just see a little more. Now, obviously, cats can do this to, a, 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 you know, an incredible 
amount to, to, to be able to see that much in the darkness. But we, we kind of can do a little bit of this, right, as, as humans. And there was a moment at the end of the Boston game where it was dark, as I said. But for some reason, with like three or four minutes to go, Joe Missoula calls a timeout. Ball got tipped. It looked like it went off O'Shea Brissett. The game is over by this point. Okay, we're down 27 points. Boston has thoroughly kicked our ass. Let's be honest. Okay, they played great. Jalen Brown, all-star. Jason Tatum, MVP candidate. They are kicking our ass. And there's very little time. I just, I just want to pull up how much time. There's three minutes and 39 seconds to go, and we are down 27. There, there's not even one of these fake comebacks that the Raptors were famous for in the Tampa tank year. The bench had been completely emptied. Like I said, Thad Young and Garrett Temple playing coaches have checked into the game with 401 to go. And Joe Mazzula calls a timeout to challenge the out-of-bounds call. Wins the challenge. But during the challenge, our guy, our new coach, Darko Ryakovich, comes over near the center of the court to have a few words with Joe Mazzula. Now, Joe Mazzula is a young guy. He's not a rookie coach. He's in his second year. He's been around. Let's be honest. He was an assistant coach for Boston. He, I believe, was assistant coach for West Virginia, his alma mater. Don't quote me on that, but I think he coached in the NCAA before he came, became assistant in Boston. And again, he's an assistant at a professional level. Head coach last year for Boston, thrown in the position. And I know, you know, Joe kind of comes off as standoffish. He he can be a little unorthodox, a little cut and dry, a little matter of fact, in a way that kind of can put you off sometimes. Sometimes it's comical, you know, like when he was in London and they asked him, have you met you know, the royal family, and he said, you know, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, And they said, no, you know, the queen and the king. And he's like, no, the only royal family I know is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's funny. But in this moment, he touched a nerve with Darko, challenging a call, 337 to go, up 27. Sorry, 339 to go, up 27, challenges. And Darko had some words for him. And right behind Darko was Dennis Schroeder. And Dennis Schroeder, you know, he's almost as old as Joe Mazzula. I think Joe Mazzula is like 36, 37. And the two of them, for the Raps, took exception. And they they let Joe Joe know, that's not going to fly with us. Um... That's not how you finish a ball game at home when you thoroughly kick. 
you just shake somebody's hand at the end of the game. Sure, you might win by 12, probably 20. But, you know, you say good game and that's it. Instead, you get an earful and some really stern looks from Darko. Now, Darko is not a violent man. He's not going to throw punches. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, on the other hand, might, but not in this situation. But Darko will go to bat for his team. And I really appreciate this. And it was the re- one redeeming thing. I was on the phone with Zaya yesterday and I said, that was the one redeeming thing in that ball game. That Darko said, no, 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 no. Wait a second. Don't do that crap. And Dennis was right there, of course, to let Joe know that's not cool. That's not classy. That's not how you're a good host. Um, that's not a good sport. You know, like guys make a huge thing about dunking the basketball with five seconds to go, go and you're up 10, 12 points. Yeah, okay, make a deal of that if you want. I mean, the crowd should get their thing. But this is a coaching challenge where you're calling a timeout up 27. That's not cool. Now, do whatever you want at the end of the day. You're a grown-ass man, Joe Missoula. You do whatever you want. If you want to help get reps for your assistant coaches, your video assistants, do what you want. But know that you're going to get an earful. And I respect Darko for letting Joe know that, putting him in his place. A rookie coach in Darko, who's probably seven years older than him. I think he's 42, Joe Missoula 35, just confirmed that. But also he's like, I don't want my team to be treated like that. And so in the moment of darkness, Darko, funny enough, Darko is able to see through the darkness and say, nah, I, I'm not going to take that. Now, here's why another reason why I really want to point this out. I remember watching so many games in the Tampa tank year, and even through the last two seasons, where I wasn't sure if Nick had our back if he had the players back, if he had the cities back, if he had the franchises back. I really, to be honest, there was many times Zion and I would watch a game and there would be, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say an injustice because that's not right when you're talking about basketball. But there was some shady things going on with the officials or some things that other players said about us during the game. And Nick didn't have, he he wasn't really great at confrontation, let's be honest. And he, he didn't want to, he didn't show a toughness. I'm going to, I'm going to say that. I'm not saying he wouldn't have wanted to, he just didn't show a toughness. He didn't have, you know, strength in conflict and he didn't show toughness at all in conflict, to be honest. Smart guy, um, you know, really smart, exceptionally smart, um, innovative, but not, not a guy who's great in conflict at all. And when your team needs you because they've been hacked a number of times, sometimes as a coach, you got to take a tech. You would see this from many coaches, including Greg Popovich. You'd see this from, from Steve Kerr. Sometimes you got to get tossed when you've just had enough. It's to prove a point 
you know, and I, and this is why we love Fred Van Vliet. He calls out Ben Taylor. He gets in the face of the officials, and in in a, in a very stern way, in a very strong leadership way. You don't have to be disrespectful, and Darko was definitely not being disrespectful to Joe Mazzula. I don't know if Dennis Schroeder was. I, I couldn't see him in the camera the same way. I just saw him kind of in the mix, but I couldn't see what he was saying, what his facial expressions were. But when you do that stuff as a coach, your team respects you and they want to play for you. And so in the midst of the darkness, Darko does this. And it, and it sticks with me and I'm sure it's stuck with the players. Now tonight, Gary Trent Jr. is still out. OG and Obi sick, probably caught something, whether from the clam chowder in Boston or or maybe just through all the flights and you know sharing hotel rooms and you've been on the road for a week and that's not easy, right? Could have been over a week actually. I think they're actually on the road for nine days. That's a long time. They come back, they play Washington. And of course, when you've got sickness, probably guys tonight were sick, to be honest, that didn't sit out like OG. I'm sure there were guys who were sick. Because if one guy's sick, there's probably multiple guys who are sick. And they played awful tonight. Defensively, the energy wasn't there. I mean, you're playing one of the worst defenses in basketball. You're playing against a team that's two and seven. They're one and five coming into this game on the road. You give up 32 points. All you have to show for is 25. Nothing special at all and and really disappointing, to be honest. Kind of like the Portland game. Then you get to the second quarter and you're like, okay, we need the bench to step up and we need to turn this game around fast. And they don't, right? The score in the second quarter was 32-20. That's just not good enough from an energy standpoint, from a momentum standpoint, but just an effort standpoint. Like the, it just was not there. And Scotty really struggled again offensively. Dennis Schroeder played his worst game, certainly from an impact perspective, from a shooting perspective. You know, he turned the ball over three times. That's been unusual. He's had six assists and he, he's been so good assist to turnover ratio. But he was 0 for 4 from downtown, 1 for 12 from the field. To kind of, you know, points to me. I don't know if he was sick, but it, tell me you're sick without telling me you're sick, right? 1 for 12 uh, from the field, 0 for 4 against, uh, you know, a bottom 5 defense, probably a bottom 2 defense in the NBA. Um, you shoot. 19% from three and you find yourself down 19 at the break against Washington at home. That's just unacceptable. So again, you're still in the darkness. You've had this redeeming moment. You get back home. You've cheered on your 905 team, which is great to see. Uh, and then you get into this game and you're you're hoping you can start well. You don't. And then it just snowballs because now the second quarter, you've just played like trash. Actually, my daughter said, you know, they, they're playing like Dookie, Daddy. 
and she wasn't talking about the university uh, basketball team down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. Or Cameron, sorry, North Carolina. No, Durham. Oh my gosh. Durham, North Carolina. Duke is very unforgettable in my opinion. She was talking about the players took a dump tonight. That's how bad they played. And you think, okay, what are we going to do? Then they come out in the third quarter. Again, we're still at home. (laughs) This is a home game. Playing against Washington Wizards, Jordan Poole. He's not that special. He's not him. And, And we get down 22 in the third. Kyle Kuzma is, is trying to show his, you know, his all-star campaign. It's going to start in Toronto. He finishes with 34. And then slowly but surely, by the end of the third quarter, Pascal in the second unit, going on a little bit of a run. We score 36 in the third, and we win the quarter by nine. And somehow in the darkness of the moment, we're able to see through it and kind of turn some of the lights on. You know, we're still down 10 against Washington. We're not playing well. We're not particularly moving the ball well. Um, We're not defending that well. You know, we've almost, you know, given up 100 points from Washington like, that's not great. 91 points at home. No, that's, you know, that's not great. But, you know, I'll give the bench credit. They really came in, worked hard, wanted to make it a game. So when the starters came in, they could push. Raptors then go down 16. The bench kind of comes undone again. And then with 5.47 to go, Raps have got it to 10. The Raps do something I haven't seen the Raptors do. Now, I'm not surprised Washington Wizards offense did this. But the Washington Wizards literally did not score a point for the last 5.47 of this game. And the Raptors' defense was pretty good. They tightened it up. They said, let's give one last push. And maybe they had Darko in mind. When he stood up for them, they said, we got to do this for coach. I don't know. I'm just reading into the situation. But they're able to get the, the lights bright enough that they had some hope. And now they're playing. And they weren't perfect offensively. But defensively, literally, they were perfect. Washington helped them out, as Washington does, but zero points in the in 547. They're blocking shots. They're rotating together. Chris Boucher closed this game. He was excellent. Pascal Siakam, 39 points on 24 shots. Not a great uh, time at the free throw line. He could have been better. He was 0 for 4 from downtown, but just was relentless 11 rebounds seven assists just kept going at Washington in in the interior made things happen and with seven seconds to go Pascal 
hits a bucket to go up 109-107. Now, Kuzma, who is trying to put on his all-star campaign, starting it in Toronto, 34 points, has one of those Kuzma moments where he steps out of bounds on the inbound and down two gives the ball right back to the Raptors. And it, you know, Dennis Schroeder did one good thing in this ball game. And that was hit two free throws with two seconds to go to ice it. A huge comeback, a massive, massive win for the morale of this team, knowing that they've had sickness go through, knowing they just got their asses whooped in Boston, knowing they were down 20 plus points in the third quarter and 16 points to go with seven and a half, uh, 16 points down with seven and a half minutes to go. That's, that's a, a nice win. And I hope that they dedicated it to Darko. Uh, 66, 43 in the second half. Washington helped us out. But great to see us have that kind of effort um, with the sluggish performance in that first half. And really through three and a half quarters. Raps improved to five and five, three and two at home. We'd love to play down to our competition just like we did against Portland, just like we did in the first three quarters against or three and a half quarters against San Antonio, maybe two and a half quarters against San Antonio, but we get the win and we got through the darkness and hopefully there's a light shining bright and we have momentum and an energy to start that bucks game on Wednesday. All right, y'all hope you're well catch up to you soon. Peace in the middle East. I don't, I don't do dreaming or money or culture, I do ours. <laughs>